Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good job there, uh, Eddie. I tell you, I couldn't, I could not sleep last night. I, I read some of the reports as uh, as we get ready to get going here on the fan this morning that Phil Jackson was going to be out. And then right around 5 o'clock this morning, uh, Stefan Bondi from the Daily News is basically confirming and saying that Phil Jackson is or has been fired by Jim Dolan with an announcement coming a little bit later on this morning. But we are here at the fan. Uh, last yesterday, we were at uh, Craigie's Golf Tournament up there at uh, Trump Briarcliff. Had an absolutely great day. And who was the foursome in front of me? Well, that was the Mohegan Sun guys and Mitchell Edison, those guys. And the aforementioned Wally Zerbiak and the, the bunch of cheaters that they were that they actually won the tournament. Uh, and speaking of Wally Zerbiak, he joins me this morning because Craigie couldn't wake up this morning because he... Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's lazy. Too much fun at the. He worked uh, very hard. So Wally, good morning, my man. And uh, well, I'll tell you what, it's great to have you in studio here for the next two hours, breaking down everything that is New York Knicks. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your win yesterday. Thank you. And uh, I got to be honest, what a day! Had a great group. Guys were tremendous. The guys from Mohegan Sun. We had a real stick in our group. He could really play. I don't, I don't know what his handicap was. Plus four. Yeah, like or something. one. Yeah, no, plus four. Oh, plus four. Yeah, wow, yeah. something like that. Okay. I mean, this kid's got a, had a, had a few sixty threes and on his resume, and he drove the ball three forty, and that makes a difference in a scramble. Yeah, but driving the ball three forty in a scramble is Helps. ridiculous. But I will say this: Craigie did a great job yesterday, yes, and I know. But before we get to the next, I just want to say. Trump Briarcliff did a great job. They yeah. had heavy range yesterday. Uh, the place was fantastic shape. Everybody was great. We all had a great, great night. You and I got out of there late. Yeah, hey, <laughs> I, I wanted I to wait. Like, I wanted to let the traffic pass. And then right, I right. I think you and I were the, the, the guys who enjoyed themselves we the most up yesterday. Shop. We, we did close, close up, up shop. shop, and we were we were talking about Phil Jackson yesterday. We were talking about the Knicks, and you mm-hmm. know, you hate when. I, you're around me, and I start talking Knicks because my fan passion comes out. I love it. And my fan passion for the last two years has been saying this day couldn't get here fast enough because whatever is going on over there at the Garden, the dysfunction that Phil Jackson added to it, it was almost like dysfunction on steroids. And, I, and I've had enough of it, and I, and I would not go and watch a game anymore. Uh, and and now with everything that's gone on, you know the the potential trading of Porzingis, the unicorn, the problem between he and Carmelo Anthony, uh, they don't play defense. Some of the comments that he has made around the draft about how he thought his team played defense much better towards the end of the year, even though the score and the uh, the record didn't reflect it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is this guy doing? And and I've been saying it for over a year, Wally, and you you work over there, and I know I worked over there for many yeah. years. 
Uh, I, I feel like Jim Dolan really wants to win, and he wants to uh, spend the money to win, and he'll he'll invest in anybody he possibly can to get this thing right on the on the basketball side of things. And yet his decision-making and the people that he's put into power over there, now it's Phil Jackson, before that it was Isaiah Thomas, it has been an unmitigated disaster, and it's been going on now for about 10 years. Yeah. And I, and I watch what happened. I, I, what, I can't tell you that I'm surprised about what happens because nothing surprises me in the world of sports here in New York. But finally it happens, and uh, it, it, like I said, I, I think it's bad timing now because whoever comes in to take over, whether it be Steve Mills, who now has got to clean up mm-hmm. some of this mess, uh, is is behind the eight ball because free agency is going to start. Uh, they did not get their chance to make the pick in the draft. This is Phil's pick and Phil's picks, I should say. But maybe Dolan just had enough. Yeah, I, I think that has to be the case. And this goes to show you that with all the dysfunction with the players, it kind of shows that you know the players are running things over there. Well, you know, Carmelo <laughs> Anthony wins because yeah, they did not want to yeah. buy out the fifty-four million left on his contract. And you buy out Phil's twenty or whatever he 24 has. Twenty-four million. So yeah. it's a lesser of two evils. There's yeah. no question about that. But and and finally, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, you know, now all of a sudden, maybe whatever tension had been building over there over the last six months is finally out of the yes. building. Yes. And you're right. The players do win. Now, now, now the players got to play, though. Yeah, but now comes the next decision. Yeah. Uh, who is going to run the team? Who is going to are we going to go down the path of Isaiah Thomas again? Because remember, Isaiah is now in the building and he's run the Liberty. It's a totally different animal than the Knicks. <sighs> Uh, you know, they've had some success with him there, but I, I can't imagine that he would be bringing Isaiah Thomas back to run the Knicks. Listen, I love your passion as to who's running the team. I don't care who's running the team. Look at Cleveland. They don't care who's running the team. They're yeah, about but- to ch- hire Chauncey Billups. The players are the ones that are putting the ball in the basket out there. I was a former player. It's got The players got to look at themselves and say, hey, I got I got to play on the floor. That's what it's got to come down well, to. I, now, now, now I, I understand organizations win from the top down. I agree with you. Dolan wants to win. He spends money. He, he opens up his checkbooks. But the bottom line is, in basketball, one player, or maybe two players, can have a huge impact on the floor, and they can turn a franchise around. We saw, we've seen it with Cleveland with LeBron. We saw it with Durant in Oklahoma City. The bottom line is the Knicks have to get that transcendent player. They thought it was Carmelo Anthony. He used to be that player back in his prime, back in his 20s. When he got to the Knicks, he wasn't quite the same player, especially on the defensive end of the floor. And we're pointing fingers all over the place, but in basketball, almost more so than any sport, one or two players can completely make a difference. And unfortunately, the Knicks haven't had that Wall Frazier. They haven't had that Patrick Ewing in this generation since 2000. Well, you know, and the point being is that when you are Phil Jackson and you have Michael Jordan yeah. as your oh, yeah. as your best player, now all of a sudden you're a great Pippen coach. And Shaq and, yeah, but, and, and but Kobe Bryant. Back, but that makes you look a lot smarter. I know, now but this, it, goes, it goes back years and years and years. It goes back to Magic Johnson. It goes to yeah. Larry Bird. It right. goes to Patrick Ewing. When you have that super stud, the Tim Duncans of the world, mm-hmm. that show up every day, that yep. want to practice every day, that yep. want to go out there and compete every day, it makes the coach's job in the NBA a hell of a lot easier. I, no I call the NBA an entitlement league. Mm-hmm. Because they're guaranteed contracts. Uh, if they go and trade Carmelo, uh, he gets another six million dollars on top of the twenty-four million dollars or whatever the hell he's making. Which yeah, is that trade kicker is mind-boggling. I right. had that in my contract you did. when I got traded, and you couldn't wait to get traded. <laughs> 
I mean, I understand no. you guys are like entitled. Trade me. I get, I get more money. I don't care. Plus, they probably pay for you moving by it's your for house. The, yeah, they do. <laughs> they pay for you moving. The, it's a lot of heartache. It's tough moving your family. Yeah, and yeah. Your kids. yeah. Plus, you get a little extra easy. kicker in the yeah, back exactly. end. But his kicker is six million dollars. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's a, that's, a, that's a kicker that I would I would more. And the team trading for you pays that. The team trading for you pays that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So so the incentive is not to acquire somebody mm-hmm. like Carmelo Anthony because it's tied to the amount the maximum amount of the contract. Exactly. So if he was making $10 million, the kicker wouldn't be as much as it is. It, well, it, it depends. Like, my trade kicker was, uh, I think it was 10 or 15% on the one year that I was getting paid that year. It wasn't on the whole rest of the contract. Now, it's different now, for different players. Right, Carmelo Anthony, the bird rights and all that other stuff. Might right? be... You know, the remainder of the contract, whatever it is, $24 million, 10 or 15% of that. I, I, heard, I heard it goes from, you know, $24 million to $30 million. Right. So instead of making $50 million, yes. he's going to make $60 go. million Yeah, total. exactly. So, that's, you know, and that, so that's the incentive is not to trade him. It's to keep him. Cause no, and everybody out there knew that between Carmelo and Phil – that this was not going to work. No. And why would you trade for somebody they that you They were going know? at each other. And right. this, this, this shows that Carmelo Anthony kind of outlasted Phil. And that's kind of the message that's being sent Well, Carmelo sent Anthony now has outlasted four GMs and four coaches. There you go. I mean, it's unbelievable. That's and right. I'm not saying that he's the, 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 the 100% reason why all these guys have come and left. I know it's because D'Antoni decided, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. So he was the first one that realized, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, because I can't coach uh, Carmelo because right. he is not. And look, he was coach of the year. Right. Just at the NBA well, awards. Well, he has Harden. You know, he has Harden who wants to go out there and score right. 35 points wants, every night. And makes Harden makes a lot of his teammates better, and Harden's perfect for the D'Antoni system. D'Antoni right. needs a great point guard, and Harden is a great point guard, and there you go. Coach of the year, and he had an interesting statement that he made uh, up at the podium thanking the New York <laughs> New York media for uh, vo- helping vote him get that award. Which is amazing when you it think is. about it. It is. And it, goes, and, it, and it speaks to the dysfunction, because that was prior to when Phil Jackson got mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Remember, you know, was, that, that was Jim Dolan telling Donnie Walsh, trade half your team and right. get a star in here because this is Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. We want Carmelo to come back. You remember, I'm coming home I'm, yep. and all that nonsense. I'm selling seats. Right, I'm selling, selling seats, seats and I got a star to build around and everything else. But he picked the wrong star, unfortunately. And, and now today is a day that I think some of the pressure is alleviated, but more questions now are on the horizon as to who is going to be running the yeah. Knicks and whether it is, <laughs> dare I say it, Isaiah Thomas. I don't know what direction that goes. I, I listen. I, I I don't want to speculate. I couldn't see that. I mean, it was a disastrous. You know, yeah, <laughs> when he ran the team before, I I don't know why Dolan would go in that direction. But who knows? You know, maybe you know things can be amended on that end. But you know, it's got to come down to the guys in that locker room have to look at themselves and say, listen. We got to bring it. We got to play. We got to win games. That's the. That's what this league's all about. That's what being a player is. That's what you're paid to do. Yeah, but, right, but how you do you can't do that? tell me that last year when Phil assembled this roster that everyone didn't think, me included, you included, that this team wouldn't be in the playoffs. The fact that they completely imploded this season, it's got to come down to one: the coach couldn't get these guys to play to their potential. Now, whether or not. You can make an excuse that Phil was in there trying to implement his triangle system. The players didn't like that system. The game is different now. Whatever. With that roster, you could play. You, you could not run a play, and you should be able to, I think, make the playoffs. Well, the, the interesting thing was that uh, you know um, Derek Rose comes out and basically says, I've never played in a system. 
I just play basketball. I, I don't know what that means. I never but I, wanted to run a play. I just wanted to play basketball. Nowadays, Golden State Warriors, they don't really run plays. They just move the ball. They shoot. They have players. That's how you play summer league basketball. That's how you play AAU basketball. Now, AAU basketball doesn't exactly translate to the most fundamentals and the most skills with the way some guys are coming into the league and playing. But it shouldn't matter. If you're a player, you just want to go out there and play. You take you, you take onus on the defensive end to follow a scheme that the coaches are running to defend and stop people, and that was the problem with the Knicks team last year. You know they just couldn't stop anyone. So it's going to be interesting to see what direction they go. I, I you know I, I thought Phil did a good job in the draft. I like Neely Kina. I, I thought they were moving in a kind of triangle direction, <laughs> but obviously I was completely wrong, yeah. and I have to admit that. And now they're going maybe in a different direction, but hopefully. That draft pick works out, and you know maybe Steve Mills was a little bit involved in helping with that pick because I know Steve Mills was really scouting him heavily, and he was spending a lot of time overseas, you know, making sure that they made the correct pick in this draft. And look, the Porzingis draft that was the right pick. That was a good. Well, pick. I mean, you know, you could have picked that. Yeah, I it fell right that. into their lap. It fell right into it their did, lap. You no know, the, the, and I remember talking to Craig before that draft and before they was decided where they were going to pick. I was like, man, I hope they get picked. I hope they pick fourth because mm-hmm. the pick will be made for them. Yeah. Right. Any any of the uh, previous three picks, now they got to make a decision. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell was the real right. botch up job in that one, number two. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> but you know, the maybe the Brooklyn Brooklyn uh, Nets yeah, will we'll catch see. a break and he'll maybe, find his maybe game. Kenny here. Atkinson can reinvigorate. Yeah, you know, and, and you hear the voice of uh, Wally Zerbiak. Craig is out today, so this is going to be a lot about basketball here. The first. A uh, couple hours, they, the, the Yankees lost last night, just a heartbreaking loss. I went to bed, they were winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Clippard somehow gets out of uh, the eighth inning jam that he gets put into uh, by the Yankees and, the, and the, their previous relief pitcher, but he finds a way to get out, out of it, and they end up losing with Dylan Patances on the mound, which is not what you expect if you're a Yankee fan. And then, of course, the Mets go and they play the Marlins and lose. So uh, My Mets, that, I'm like you, my Mets. That's yeah, yeah, depressing. my Mets. I can't, it is depressing, but there's no question about it. But the story of the day right now is Phil Jack and uh, dis- the uh, dysfunction that he leaves behind. Let me ask you this. You've been covering this team with Alan Hahn. You guys do a great job over there at MSG. I mean, internally, you, you've got to, you as a former player, have to understand that behind the scenes there was a lot of this crap going on. Mm-hmm. But I guess you really can't talk about it uh, openly, but now you can in a sense that, I mean, Phil Jackson is just got to despise Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Uh, and and vice versa too, by the way. Yeah, well, uh, with Phil Jackson has not pulled any punches with Carmelo Anthony, and for him to treat a so-called superstar and possible future future Hall of Famer and say the things he said, normally that stuff is kept in house. I remember my coach um, uh, Flip Saunders, you know, rest in peace. He always said. I'm not airing any of my dirty laundry out to the media. Most That's coaches just, are like that. Most coaches treat their players where they want to keep everything in-house. Phil does it a different way. I remember Phil did it with Phil, with uh, Kobe Bryant. Sometimes he did it with Shaquille O'Neal. He but felt he's like not that coaching here. Him. But he is not coaching here. That's he, true. He's running the franchise. He's hired a coach. He's He's got a couple buddies and that are running around. And the New York around. media is different than even the L.A. media, right. the Chicago media. It's a different storm. But, I, really think, but, I, but I think guys you know, that cover the team on a daily basis, whether it be Isola or Berman or Anybody else, they knew that there was a rift between star player yeah. and the guy who's running the team who has 11 rings, yeah. who's not a ba- uh, bashful about telling you that. Why was there a rift though? Because the team didn't win. There wasn't a rift right when right when Phil Jackson got here. He signed Carmelo Anthony. He gave him the no trade clause. He thought that he could win with him. He tried to assemble players around him, 
It just didn't work on the floor because the players couldn't deliver wins on the floor. The one thing I'll give Carmelo Anthony credit for is the way he's treated Porzingis. I've said this all along. I wish KG would have treated me like that as a rookie, the way Carmelo Anthony treated Porzingis. He took him under his wing. He helped protect him. He helped teach him the ways of the NBA. (laughs) And I think Porzingis flourished big time on the floor as a rookie because Carmelo Anthony was really behind him. Okay, so that was as a rookie. Now, uh, after his second year, is it a big deal, uh, as big a deal as everybody's made, that he— missed his exit uh, yeah. interview? Is yeah. That, that's a big deal. Huge deal. So by him missing the exit interview, in your eyes, what is Porzingis saying about the Knicks? So what does that mean to the people who are following the Knicks? Well, it means that Porzingis is aligning himself with Carmelo Anthony. He doesn't agree with a lot of the stuff that Phil Jackson was saying about the team and Carmelo Anthony and putting him on the trading block right around the trade deadline last year. I think that's that's pretty much what that message says. Whether or not that came from Porzingis or whether that came from his representation, his agent, his brother, you know, uh, who, who knows? You know, that's that's still to be speculated. I mean, it's a kid. On. This kid is a 20-year-old kid. Yeah, he's a 20-year-old and he, kid. And he's a European kid. And he's and in a tough market. That, and this kid has that kind of power? Well, obviously his representation thinks he has that kind of power, and right. they use that card. And when now Phil Jackson, it looks like possibly is out. It looks like with all reports. No, not possibly. Uh, the, the Daily News is saying he's going to be fired. There Stephon Bondi, basically 5 o'clock this morning, put up online saying that Phil Jackson will be fired or okay. has been fired. There you go. Well, then the news is out. And, um, you know, that shows that obviously Porzingis does have a lot of power. Carmelo Anthony does do have a lot of power. And it's no secret that's how it's been in the NBA for a long time. Is, is it the your players it, run the show? Right, exactly. Do you believe that, uh, that Carmelo Anthony? will remain in Nick the final two years of his contract? I think so. All right. Do you believe that Jeff Hornacek will stay here as coach now? I think so. So they'll they'll stay. And who is who is on the horizon? Give me somebody in the NBA that maybe is a little bit under the radar that would be a guy that should come in here and run this team. Like Sean Marks, I thought was maybe like Maybe David Griffin. Really? Where, where's from? From where, Cleveland. Cleveland. He just left Cleveland. Oh, the general manager just got fired. Well, just got fired, right? Co- yeah. What about that name? I, right. don't, I, I don't know. You I tell don't know. me. I'm just, uh, uh, you know, I, I, the guy did a great job with Cleveland. I don't know why Cleveland got rid of him. I mean, come on. The guys made three straight finals. They won a championship last year. And then LeBron also came out and said, hey, it wasn't me that sh- didn't want you yeah, around no, here, right? They were shot away from Kyle Korver making that shot in game three from it being a real series in the NBA finals. I mean, this is the crazy thing about the NBA and professional sports. You're basically up two with 40 seconds left. You got one of the best three-point shooters of all time, gets an open corner three, misses it. They, if he makes that, they win that game. He misses the shot. Durant makes the three. Down 3-0. David Gri- uh, it's, the, the NBA is just crazy to me. It really is. So there's a name that maybe James Dolan should should consider. He's had a lot of success. I think he wants to prove that, that he can do it without LeBron. Without LeBron, exactly. So Steve Mills is, is well-respected in this business. He knows exactly what he's doing. I'm sure Phil was leaning on Steve Mills quite a bit. So... If you I always had, think like Steve Mills is the forgotten guy around here. Yeah, and I mean, like, he you know, he's been around exactly for a long he's time. Doing. He's been a, like a right hand man to Jim Dolan, but right. yet it doesn't seem like he ever has the ability to make a decision for whatever reason. Well, you I don't, don't know, know that for is. sure. I mean, you it, it, just because he's not the guy that is on the headlines that when decisions don't work out, the pink finger doesn't get pointed. Yeah, at but him. when, when you they go do from Donnie out, Walsh to Phil Jackson, right. right, and and Steve Mills is the loyal lieutenant underneath mm-hmm. both of those guys. 
you wonder why doesn't he get a shot? Or yeah. I, I, I don't even know if he deserves a shot. I have no idea. I'm not, yeah. My all I know is that what I have seen. That's a determination that Phil that James Dolan has to make. Right. All I know is that what I have seen since Phil Jackson has gotten here has been an unmitigated disaster, and I think everybody realizes that. Yeah. Listen, uh, with the New York media, there's no question that it's created swirling headlines and I, I just look at what he did with the roster last year. I thought he did a good job. You know, whether that was Phil Jackson, Steve Mills, Allen Houston, all those guys coming together, putting that team together. Once that team came together, just the, the the stuff you heard coming out of, you know, the locker room, the dysfunction between what maybe Jeff, Jeff Hornacek wanted to run on yeah. the floor, what the players wanted to run on the floor, what Phil Jackson wanted them to run on the floor. That's my only issue I with wish what I Phil have, Jackson did. I wish I could be with uh, Jeff Hornacek this morning just to say how he feels. It's Boomer and Carton. Mornings from 6 to 10 on The Fan. Now we're talking, boys. It is a celebration. If you're just joining us this morning, it is being reported by the Daily News and Stefan Bondi that <laughs> Phil Jackson is being fired by the uh, the Garden today. And uh, good news and a celebration for Nick fans, I would think. <laughs> also for Carmelo Anthony, as you can hear in the background there. Man, it is, uh, it's going to get rough around here today, I'm sure. And I'm sure a lot of Nick fans want to get that stuff off their chest. And we'll be taking some of those calls here in a minute. But first, let's go to Jerry Recco with uh, an update. Morning, Boomer. This report is brought to you by Movon's MVP Collection. Stylish clothing for big and tall men available online at MVPCollections.com. Not a whole lot to add to that in terms of a report, but I'll give you a couple of Jackson clips from just last week. Uh, this was discussing Carmelo Anthony and essentially the thoughts of trying to move him possibly. There'll be conversations after the draft and after the free agency as teams start reorganizing their rosters. And what would yeah, he do? A conversation he... there. You know, uh, hey, uh, Phil, come on in my office. You're out. Right. You're uh-huh. out. Goodbye. Now, he thought he was on the right track with what he's been I guess building is the word. I think we know what we're doing. That's what I can say to them. Although it's not been apparent in our record in the last couple of years. 80 and 166 in the and last by, and by the way, years. you know, uh, Jerry Wally's here. Um, I don't know if Wally's really engaged with us right now because he's like a social media hound. Like, well, it's a very big morning. I mean, he's got Periscope going. He's got Twitter going. You know, wow, you're doing a radio show. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. you, you <laughs> I'm, wanna, I'm you, not you that wanna, big on social oh, media. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. What were you just doing? I was just doing an Instagram story. Oh, yeah, it's the chatting and gramming or whatever. You're exactly. Uh, Jackson, two years, $24 million left on his contract. And uh, great timing as free agency starts this weekend. And so who knows who runs well, the next Well, you know what? But... Maybe it is good timing that he's out of the building. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. And, and maybe now that helps with uh, the free agency. Maybe maybe Steve Mills went to Jim Dolan and said, look, man, nobody wants to talk to me. No, no agent wants to come here and play right now sure. under the current Well, I think I think when you heard that, that's very alarming. And around the league, a lot of players wouldn't give the Knicks time a day as right. free agents. No and matter how much money they want, a major problem. You need to be able to recruit high-level free agents to win in this league. And if that's the stigma and the reputation of the Knicks under Phil Jackson, that's a major problem. Well, so you got that. That will be the story all morning long. The guys are going to take calls on this, and I'm sure Nick fans are going to be thrilled. There are a couple of other things to get to, because uh, until there's a press conference, there's not much more to add to that. Uh, you had the Yankees and White Sox last night, and I know you were busy yesterday. I don't know who saw the game, who didn't, but I will tell you this. This is a game that the Yankees just gave away. Uh, we'll play the game winner, then kind of go through it. Bases loaded, two out, bottom of the ninth pitch. Hit on the ground, base hit. Left field. One run scores. Here comes the second run. The throw home is not in time. 
Ball game over. White Sox win. And that is John Sterling, uh, the fan. Yeah, uh, bleep is right. Uh, Jose Abreu, the two-run single, and the White Sox win 4-3 in a game that the Yankees took a 3-1 lead on in the seventh inning, or excuse me, the top of the eighth inning. Severino was, I don't think he's pitched a better game. 12 strikeouts through seven innings. He strikes out the side in the seventh. Pitch count at 104-105, and they take him out. With a lead, 3-1, and Domingo Germán comes in, promptly walks the first two guys, and he wasn't even close. Well, at least Tyler Clippard got out of the oh, mess. Stop. But even Tyler... But, but, I know I know he, oh. he loaded the bases, but he got out of the mess. He comes in, well, he comes in with first and second, promptly right. throws a wild pitch, then walks Cabrera, gets a couple of outs, right. then walks Frazier to walk in a run, and then gets out, and he's pump-fisting like he just did this great job. Well, at least he got out of it, you know, okay. to, to, and limited the, uh, the, the Did damage. I say that again? Pump-fisting pump again? Yeah, you yeah, did. pump fist. And you can say it's <laughs> you ever yeah, pump yeah, fist yeah. Wally? No, no, no. Yeah, Wally's a pump fister. <laughs> Put that on Snapchat. Or there you go. Pump, pump fisting. Yes, pump exactly. fisting. But you know, you know the, inter- the interesting thing about this is that, and Craig and I were talking about it yesterday, the Yankees bullpen is, it's, is the culprit. Yes, it's, it's the awful culprit. right now. And, and this time it was Dylan Batanz's turn. He was not good either in the right. ninth inning. As he walked a couple of guys, he threw a, he hit a batter, and then he gives up the single. Here was some of the reaction. Joe Girardi, brutal loss. They all stay. I mean, it's, you know, we put ourselves in a position to win, and we just gave too many free base runners the last two innings, seven free ones. Seven. In the le- I mean, after yeah. Severino was awesome, uh, he knows Severino was in line for the win. He goes seven innings and gives up the one run, and, and you hope that, you know, when you get three, you get some big hits by Judge and Sanchez, it's going to be enough, but it wasn't. Severino had 12 strikeouts? Yes, he had nine through the first five innings. Wow. And he That's was that good. And by the way, <laughs> I think I think his last strikeout was 99 miles an hour on the gun. I mean, he wasn't laboring or anything, but it's today's baseball, 104 yeah. so, pitches, so you got to get him out. This is, this is the turning point right now because I think the uh, the Red Sox won last night big, didn't they? Red Sox did win last night. So now uh, they're in first place by themselves. They didn't win. They beat the Twins 9-2. They had two huge rain delays in that game. They uh, delayed it an hour for the start. Then they had an hour and 20 minutes after the third inning or something like that. Uh, so they did win last night. And the Yankees are a full game back, but even in the loss column with them. Uh, here was Clippard feeling better. For sure, yeah. Yeah, I felt like myself again. Right. Uh, Batances, <laughs> he had issues. My off speed, I couldn't get it over for strikes. That's number one. Number two. My breaking ball, you know, I couldn't get it over for a strike. And that was a problem as well. So uh, Severino did not blame the pen. The bullpen, you know, we're going to have nine like these. Uh, Starling Castro placed on the DL with a hamstring injury on a, a totally expected. And Matt Holiday is still not better. And he might end up going to the DL. So things not right now. Very good for the Yanks. Tanaka and Carlos Rodon making a season debut tonight. We will have it for you on the fan. Again, if you're just waking up, it certainly appears Phil Jackson has been fired uh, by the Knicks to the Mets. And they lost the game 6-3 to the Marlins. But here's what we're kind of talking about. Oh, one breaking ball chipped back towards the mound. Off of Straley's glove. Gordon's got it. Low throw to first. In time. They throw home anyway here. Reyes scores. And this is going to get interesting. The run, obviously, for now doesn't count because the call at first was out. But I think the Mets might want to challenge here. And if that's the case, what happens with Reyes having slid home? But now, what's happened to Gesellman? Did he get hurt running that ball out? He is bent over, hands on his knees. Oh, oh, yeah. How yeah, he and Josh hamstring. Yeah, he's hurt. Hamstring oh. injury. Here was uh, Terry Collins after the game. Basics of the game, running down first baseline. And I know he was, I know he was running hard. And I... I salute him for that. He had a chance to beat that play out and create a big inning for us. But, that was not uh, pretty. <laughs> um, just another, 
you know, frustrating night as far as an injuries go. There's nothing funny about it. it you know, the, Met, the Mets can beat the horrendous San Francisco Giants, but anybody else, they're going to they're gonna struggle. Here's Ron Darling. I thought this was very interesting. So this is Darling after the injury on SNY. He says uh, these new trainers had better start talking to the old trainers, and then he explains why. Get them in a room and try to tap into some of their knowledge on how you train baseball players, not weightlifters, not six-pack wearers, baseball players. They're doing a disservice to their million-dollar athletes that they're paying. It's a joke to watch this happen each and every night. All right, so this is interesting uh, because while you and I are from a different generation, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, we train differently. I don't know than they do today. Do you think? I never pulled a muscle my whole entire career. Uh, it may because my muscles weren't wired right, weren't tight enough, and I didn't jump high, and I didn't run that fast, so you never really stressed them too much. So basically, but you really weren't. If that I good was then. running a franchise, <laughs> I got to be honest, I would. Put all my assets into my training staff, my physical therapy staff. You need massage therapists on staff. Spend on the best. The Phoenix Suns do it in the NBA. They revive careers. You have incredible money invested in these athletes. you got to keep them healthy. you got to figure out a training staff that is going to keep these guys healthy. That's the most important thing. I know. When I see Robert Gazelman, I don't see somebody that looks like he spends a lot of time in the weight room. No, he doesn't look like Cespedes. Yeah, no. no, Cespedes looks like a, a genetic freak. Right. You know, and there are guys that are like that, that are big and strong and wired tightly. Like you said, I, I mean, I never pulled a muscle. Yeah. Myself, but then again, you know, I was a football player. We did football wake, uh, workouts. You know, you know, when I got to Maryland, we had one of the best workout uh, situations anywhere in college football, and it was about getting big. It was about getting stronger. That's it was about how, lifting weights. In college, I was the same way. We we, we did cleans, squats, jerks. So, we did all kinds they, of stuff aren't they to doing get that stronger. Stuff now I, I would think they are. Aren't a lot they? of the stuff now is the new functional movement. Um, and it's it, it's not supposed to encourage those types of type of injuries for sure. They're supposed to just not overstress the individual muscles. But I, 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 I'm with Ron Darling. You got to figure out what's going on. But I also and get think to the bottom of it. What Ronnie also is, you know, the environment that Ronnie's been in now this this season. It started with Syndergaard, and Syndergaard came in looking like a bodybuilder, right? And he was so proud of the way he looked. He wore the tight shirts and everything mm-hmm. else. And he got the big lats and all that stuff. And he, you know, remember he was talking about the bowl of death and eating. Bowl you know, of doom. They got to be like my, bowl of death. my bowl dad, of doom. my dad, who played professionally overseas. He played in the ABA back in the 70s. Uh, he used to be careful with picking me up as a kid. Because he didn't want to stress his shoulders, he didn't want to stress his triceps because he thought it was it would affect his jump shot. Sometimes less is more in the weight room at times. You look at Kevin Durant; does he look like he's spending a no, lot of time? No, but what I'm saying, room? I think Ronnie Steph is Curry. reacting. But Ronnie is reacting because right. of what has gone on with the Mets this year, and it all started. So sometimes, with sometimes it's a it's a trainer's job to say, "Hey, stay out of the weight room a little bit, pull back a little bit," to tell Syndergaard, "Listen." You know, you pitch every five days. If you're working out the four of the five days that you're not pitching, maybe your body needs a couple days off. No, he was on this Stay show. Stay out of the weight room. He said, I like what I did, and he's going to do it again. Yeah, yeah. So the, I was the same way a little bit, and that kind of got me in trouble. I, I, I couldn't go a day doing nothing. I had to be. I had to feel like I was doing something to improve my body, to improve my game. Spent a lot of time in the weight room. Maybe possibly that did me in, you know, with my knee and hip a little bit. Right. Sometimes those guys that kind of can just take a little bit of time off, they can chill. They cannot overstress their body on days that are supposed to be rest. 
is yeah, what you no, need but to it, do. It sounds easy. But I remember being Syndergaard's age, wanting to be like muscle exactly. bound and strong yeah, and all no, that yeah. other stuff. I was, somebody's yeah. got to back him down, right? And Agreed. maybe that's what Ronnie's talking about. Yep. Steven Matson, Jeff Locke tonight. Uh, just one other thing from the Mets. Uh, their former pitcher, Anthony Young, passed away. He was 51 years old, had a brain tumor. He became famous with the 27-game the losing streak, but just a brutal story. Just 51 years old. He got that news uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, one other quickie from baseball. Again, Phil Jackson uh, looks like he's out with the Knicks. Just quick, because I think you'll find this fascinating. Nationals beat the Cubs last night 6-1, to one, and Washington, literally, it was a merry-go-round on the bases. Jake Arrieta started for Chicago. So Miguel Montero had a tough night. Here he was in the postgame, uh, basically... Calling out his pitcher. It really sucked because, you know, like the stolen bases go with me. And when you really look at it, the pitcher doesn't give me any time. Oh, wow. <laughs> he says he's oh, too slow man. to the plate. He doesn't uh, keep guys so on. Jay Carrietta, you know, a, really yes. at one point in time was one of the best pitchers in all of yeah, baseball. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no question that the Cubs are struggling. And then and you have a catcher that says this after the game? Oh, he said, yeah, he said a lot. And the reporter would remind him about Ooh. stats. The numbers always go to the catcher. Yeah, they always, go always go to the catcher. And I'm... I'm I'm the bad guy there, you know, so he, like I say, really, he really sucked. <laughs> I mean, you know, that a couple of balls he threw down at second base wasn't Not too great. bad. Uh, well, no, but also, as you can see with the video they're on, sometimes the guys are at third base before he even has a chance to throw it down. So you get his point. And Trey Turner had a couple of um, stolen bases last night. He might be one of the top five fastest guys in baseball. So you get that. But still, I mean. But the other I, thing, too, is if you are, if, if you are, the catcher in this situation, just don't throw the ball. Correct. Which he didn't on a couple of occasions. Right, right. And, and the me- meaning that by not throwing the baseball, you're you're basically telling the fan base, the media, hey, the pitcher's taking too long to get me the ball. When are the Mets going to trade for him? Because that's usually a Met problem. That'd be perfect. There's one more. He goes, my bad. Well, well not really. <laughs> Got to take it for responsibility. And in the other hand, I would like a little help. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I like it, and I don't like it. Of course you don't like it, but it's funny at the yeah, same time. Yeah, you know, time. Wally Zerbe, I could have gotten a few more freaking rebounds, right? Uh, sure. Play a little bit better Let defense, Wally. the big Wally. guys get the boards. Okay, and, that's what you're saying, right? And Vince Young did this interview on SI uh, where he just buries Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah, know, just from it. the standpoint of saying, how do I not have a job, and how does this guy have a job with all the interceptions? He's playing up in Canada. Uh, and I went and watched it. That part's not on the video, but he is quoted yeah, as saying uh, as such. Well, Vince Young was given a lot of money, given a huge opportunity by the Titans, and he blew it, and he couldn't handle it. There's also a lot of stuff that's not on the video about him and Jeff Fisher, uh, where they really didn't get along, and his they family tried. thinks he they, derailed they, his they, career. They wanted, him, they wanted him to be the next Steve McNair. They wanted him to be the long-term solution Players don't there. realize enough that when you're drafted by an organization, they want you to succeed. Yes, of They course. want you to do well. It, may, you... It, keep, it helps them keep their jobs. Yes. like They don't want to be making decisions like that with Vink Chung and guys like that when they're you know, don't pan out. Hey, listen, when San Diego some... when San Diego drafted Ryan Leaf, the the hopes and dreams of the San Diego Chargers were that he was going to be the next Dan Fouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He just imploded and couldn't handle it. And now he's on the speaking tour talking about how he's trying to get his life back in order. And instead of doing that kind of thing, Vin Chung now is taking it out on everybody else. Like, doesn't sound like he's taking it any personal it, responsibility. But it wasn't an angry interview. That's uh, He was just talking, and it, it was just very honest from what I watched. It wasn't like it was an angry conversation. Well, but Ryan the Fitzpatrick don't broke great. records two years ago yeah. for the Jets. Yeah. Touchdown passes, great chemistry with all his wide receivers, and 
You know? Everybody forgets that. Exactly. We right. like Ryan. We do like Ryan. Okay. It's Boomer and Carton. Mornings from 6 to 10 on Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN and WFAN FM, New York. All right, 709 on the fan. Coming in from the Investors Bank studio, Wally Zerbiak is in for Craig this morning. Uh, discussing the firing of Phil Jackson and what is next uh, you know, for the New York Knicks. You know, I love the NBA. And uh, why I love the NBA is because Kevin Durant can say, look, I'm going to take less money, $33 million, to stay with the Golden State Warriors and you know, keep the big four together. And, mm-hmm. and the interesting thing is, and, and Craig has been lamenting this now for six months, the NBA's got a problem. They do. The NBA has got a major problem. It's great to be a player in the NBA these days. It's always been great to be an NBA player, as you can attest to mm-hmm. more so than I can, because of the contracts and the amount of money yeah. uh, that uh, that the players have and the, and the amount of power that they have. Mm-hmm. And if you do not have the right guys in the right mix, that's Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, Carmel Anthony, Porzingis, Hornacek, Rambis, Phil Jackson— you have a toxic mix yeah. of people that are making a ton of loot, a ton of money. And I got to believe that Jim Dole, and, I, and I, I said this yesterday to Craig, I said, you know, I wonder if Jim Dole just wakes up and says, wait a minute, how much money am I spending I for this? I mean, you, you, so you have you – have the- Three coaches, uh, <clears throat> countless players. Now Phil Jackson's going to be on the books for two more years. Kurt Rambis, I don't know what he what's going to happen with him, but he was well paid. As an I, I got to believe. Head coach. I got to believe it. If they keep Horn a second, I hope they do. I really do. I do too. I, I want to have him have a chance to coach. I want a team some continuity with without Phil Jackson breathing down his yes. neck. Yes, and I want all of that out of there. I want right. all of that out of there, and I want him to have a chance. But now the decision is: this is the decision because in the NBA, you know. You got to accumulate assets as a team, right? And this was the thing about Phil Jackson. He stripped the team down to nothing three years ago when they started over after the with the seventeen win season. So you have other teams in the East that did that three years before them and were accumulating assets and assets Boston, and assets. Philadelphia. Yeah, Boston, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Atlanta. These are all teams that were building. So it's tough to play catch up right now. The Knicks are at a crossroads. Do they? Sign an asset like Derrick Rose. He was on their roster. He averaged 18 points a game last year. The guy can still play. The guy can still score. Yeah, he hurt his knee, and that's a big question mark. And you don't want him to be like a Joakim Noah signing, where he's Joakim Noah looks like he might never be able to really play the way he ended up his season last year with his knees and the way his body is. So do you go in that direction? where you sign a few assets, where you have a few assets at least. So if you're at the trade deadline, you can say, who needs a point guard? Derrick Rose can still score. You can get something back for him. Or do you go the Brooklyn Nets route where you let guys like Rose walk? You get rid of Carmelo Anthony, you buy him out. You build around Porzingis and Nilakina, but then you're completely starting over Well, from I can scratch. tell you one thing. They are not buying out Carmelo Anthony now. There's no way. That would be, you know, that's a that's another fifty four million dollars on top of the twenty four million dollars that they're going to give Phil as he walks out the door. Let's go yeah. to Danny in New Jersey. Danny, you're on with uh, Boomer and Wally. What's happening? Hey, good morning, guys. How's it going? Great, great. Good day. Uh, so my question is for Wally this morning. Uh, Wally, now that Bill Jackson's out, are you going to be in? Is my question. <laughs> that's a good one. I was, you know that that just came through my head. You What's know that. 
you know, hey, Chauncey Billups is up for the job with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Right. Why not Wally Zerbiak up for the job with the New York Knicks? <laughs> you want to manage the cap and you want to manage all this stuff? Well, you, you have experts that do that. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. You have cap experts. You have No, I know you do, but I'm just saying, you, you, you got to be knee-deep into that stuff. Yeah, man. I know. And it's it, it's a lot. But, you know, I've watched college basketball. I know that landscape very well. Right. You know, I've played in the NBA recently. I've been following the NBA very recently. So... It's intriguing. Well, you it really also is. work for the Knicks. Yeah, you work for well. So MSG, you work for essentially right. is the Knicks. And it you is. And essentially, I'm there every single game. I don't know game. how you and Alan we're do deliberating it, an hour after every game, driving home together, carpooling back and forth. What's going on with this team? What can we do to get better? Yeah, I what, wish you, I wish they would have, have a camera in that debate. car with you guys because we would really get the real answers. Carpool karaoke exactly. with Alan Hahn and Let's I. Let's go to Hector in Washington Heights. Hector, you're on with uh, Boomer and Wally. What's happening? Hey guys, how you doing? Okay, man. Exciting, man. It's like Christmas, birthday, everything. (laughs) You said it, Hector. You said it, man. Listen, I woke up. I look at my phone, daily news. I see breaking news. My messages start popping up. Nick's fire fill. I'm like, yes, finally. (laughs) Finally, I have an idea, guys. And before you say it's crazy, when they bring Phil here, it was all about connecting back to the old Knicks, bringing back that Knicks. I didn't feel like that. To me, Phil's never been a Nick. I was... Not even born when he was a Nick, and as my young hood and everything, he was a Bull, and then a Laker. How? How? What do you guys think of maybe? And I know it sounds crazy, but Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson coming back to the Knicks, maybe as president and coach, uh, head coach and assistant coach. I think that would be connecting us back to the Knicks. That well, we all uh, grew up back to in. the '90s Knicks. That that's that's what we'd be connecting back to, you know. And thanks uh, for the call, Hector. That's that's where we are right now with the Knicks. Now everybody's got an opinion as to who should be the next guru running the running the organization. That's an that's an interesting couple names. Those guys know how to win in this league. Uh, <laughs> I know Jeff Van Gundy. It's winning or misery if he's in your franchise. Right. There's only one thing he knows, and if you're not winning, it's not fun to be a part of. Uh, Mark Jackson, you know, he got Golden State in the right direction. I, I got to believe, that, team I, I gotta believe that Mark Jackson wants to get back into it. In I would a big think way. so. I can't. I, you know, the TV thing is great and all that other stuff. And then I, and then he brings up a great point with Phil Jackson. I remember Phil Jackson. I was born 1977 as a Bull. You know, coaching against the Knicks. I know Phil Jackson as a Nick, right? As the guy that came in off the bench as the sixth man who came in and defended the uh, yep. inbounds pass late in games because he had those long bony arms and exactly. everything else. And that was the goofball that we all remember. I remember him talking trash against me when I was with the Timberwolves and he was knocking me out of the playoffs when he was coaching the Lakers. Right. So you know him as a Polish Laker <laughs> yes. as much as Hector. And and, and I, I got to be honest, Nick fans just unbelievable passion. We hear it from Hector right there. This these fans in this city are. Incredible, and they still go to these games. Yeah, That's the amazing it's, it's thing. It's unbelievable, and and, and and they'll go to games. They'll go to games to watch Russell Westbrook. Yep, they'll go to games to boo LeBron, but they'll right. cheer LeBron because you know he probably has more fans in there in the building yep. that are LeBron fans as opposed to just you know Cavalier and, fans. And I've been in buildings. I played for the Seattle SuperSonics when there were two thousand people in the building. You know, I played for the Timberwolves when we were good, and you know we had fans. But I've also seen some NBA buildings where. There aren't a lot of people there supporting their teams if they're not winning. And these Nick fans, the passion that they show on a nightly basis, and just, just they just, deserve better. They, they care. Deserve they care. Better. Yeah, they do. Let's go to Dave. Dave, you're on uh, with Boomer and uh, Wally. What's happening? How's it going, guys? All right. I think. Uh, good morning, first. Uh, I think that the bottom line is is that he was he was he was a mistake from the start. I think most players in today's NBA don't even know, as you guys just said, they don't they don't even know Phil Jackson. They don't know the eleven rings. 
they 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 don't they don't know any part of it. They just know that he's this rough, tough guy who who knows everything his way, and he he's right, you're wrong, and. And I think that that mentality just doesn't work in today's basketball. But you know, he's never he's never had this job before. That's the one thing. You know, you hire a guy on the basis of you know having a track record in the business. Mm-hmm. This it's part all that, of the it's business, all that is eleven rings, right? Yeah, I know. But he's ne- he's never run a franchise. He's never had to put a team together. That was always Jerry West or right. uh, who was the GM? Um, Reinstorf. Uh, or oh, yeah, or Reinsdorf right. in yeah. uh, in uh, in Chicago. Right. I mean, he just had to coach those guys, yes. and somehow those teams always acquired the best players. Yeah. They got and, lucky with and, Pau Gasol and that but trade. When you think about what the Lakers did to get Kobe Bryant, yeah. that was like genius. I know. And they, you know, they got Magic Johnson. They got Kobe Bryant. They had, you know, they had and all then these Shaq great fell players. into their lap. Right, left Orlando. I mean, like, how could the Knicks couldn't you know couldn't get one of those guys? I know. You, know, you know why? Because they they never they didn't. They didn't have the right guy running the uh, the organizations. Yep. You know, that's another guy. Mitch Kupchak is out there. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's true. He, right. I mean, he's a guy that's built a winner in Los Angeles. No question. There are good names out there. I can't imagine that the Knicks would go down that road, though. I, I just don't know. I don't know what Jim Dolan's got up his sleeve because somebody must have gotten to him in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Because literally two months ago, he basically said, "I'm going to ride this out with Phil and let him run the thing." I know. And then all of a sudden, the Porzingis stuff started, the Carmel Anthony stuff started, where everybody now knew that there was no way that the Knicks would be able to trade him. Don't underestimate how much agents in this business are the weight. underlying and carry the weight. Well, you know, my former agent uh, was David Falk. Oh, he was the biggest. He was the biggest he agent ran, in the 80s and the he 90s. He ran... The NBA, right, at and times. he would manipulate teams yes. into you know either trading guys, moving yes. guys, trying to get guys together. Mm-hmm. And listen, when you re- when you represent Patrick Ewing and Michael Jordan and guys like that, right, basically everybody's going to listen to you. Yep, and no question. And, and I would tell you this, you know, David was a great agent. There's no question about it. But the agents also get in the way of a lot of things. No question. And they get yeah. in the way of a they lot do. of things within the within the NBA. And they cloud players' minds, and they're a voice that. Isn't always a pure voice. Who was your agent? Uh, and it got Gary Wishard. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah. he's a local guy. Yeah, local guy. Played uh, football at CW Post. Right. He was an All American. I was his only basketball client. Actually, it was myself and Derek Coleman for a little bit. He was a big time football agent. Uh, represented a lot of NFL guys, and it was just a great relationship for me. He he, he negotiated one contract, an extension for me, coming off my rookie deal. He had a great relationship with Kevin McHale, who was my general manager. He was a guy that after every game, I made two phone calls, my dad and my agent. We talked about every single game. Really? He was always there for me. Wow. And I like that. I really like that. Well, he that. also empowered you too, right? I mean, he knew if uh, – he would also know if you had a bad game or something to oh, say the right things to you. he would let me know. Well, actually, my dad was the one that said the right things to <laughs> yeah. me. He always gassed me up. Oh, you yeah, know, okay. Your agent's always gassing you up. Right. On oh, one you're end. the best, man. You're yeah, the best. Yeah, my friend. dad's always like, you know, you went nine for ten. What happened on that one you missed? Exactly. Let's and go to Ephraim. Uh, in Connecticut, balance. yeah, I got you. Efren, you're on with Boomer and Wally. What's up? Hey, I wanted to say um, we were doing pretty good with Donnie Walsh. I mean, I know he's old, but he he always gets teams going in the right direction. If we can't get him, how about Joe Dumars? Joe Dumars was pretty good in Detroit. He got them a couple championships. It kind of kind of interesting. Like I, the Knicks, are, I don't know. You know, they're running Isaiah Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. He was an outsider, if you will. Yeah, and we know how that went down. I, I think that there has to. I, you you got to bring want, in you know someone that's had. I want somebody success. like Sean Marks. That's what I want. I but, want a young guy who's hungry to rebuild a culture. Are you sure? I want someone who's had success with this job, like a Donnie Walsh. I just think 
Again, at but this I, point I, with I the want, Knicks, I want you energy. need someone I want, you can trust. I want energy. I want youth. I want somebody who's got a chip on their shoulder. You know, Brad Stevens, you should know this. Yeah. Uh, the coach of the Celtics said, look, we want to acquire guys who have chips on their shoulders mm-hmm. because I don't want to show up with a guy who's entitled. So I want an Isaiah Thomas, the point guard. Right. I want to bring him Jay in Crowder. here. Crowder. I want Jay Crowder. I want to bring these guys in here because I know that they – are probably frowned upon in other places. Mm-hmm. I think that they can play, and I think I can channel the hungry nature of their personalities into a winning basketball team. No, look, it's impossible to get. Past I want to bring in. I want to bring in players that exemplify Nick fans: the grit, the hard nose, right? Exactly. But they have to be skilled because in today's game, you can't but that's, not be but able I, to shoot. I, but I want you got to be able to score. You got to be able to make threes and. Win games, scoring. Uh, but I want a guy points. running the organization who has a somewhat of a track record. I don't want a sixty-five-year-old guy in here again. Yeah, we've been uh, down uh, a road. Okay. That's fine. I want to. Maybe it is a Griffin. Maybe it is. Griffin's know, had success. Right. Griffin's fresh. He and knows guess what? the league. And guess what? He's going to have an attitude. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Oh yeah, he wants to prove that he can do it without LeBron. And he wants to go out there and he wants to show people that he can make a difference in a big market like this. Mm-hmm. This, this is it's dysfunctional. It's tough. It's hard. But when you win here, just oh, ask Derek Jeter. Just ask uh, like Mark it. Messier. Ask uh, you know uh, Willis Reed what it's like to come home or Walt Frazier what it was like back in the glory Eli days. Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Right. right. Exactly. You, we can go down a list of all these different players who know what it's like to win here. But they also know what it's like to get there and how hard it is to get there yep. and the slings and arrows that they have to that deal with on a daily basis. You know, Eli, before he got that first Super Bowl, I mean, fans were ready to get rid of him. I know. They wanted him out of here. Every day there's right. fans on the radio are ready to get rid of right. him. Right. Oh, I can't stand Eli. I can't stand this. And next thing you know, he's the MVP in the Super Bowl. I know. Literally six weeks after. And, and the most clutch guy. Incredible how he steps up in big moments. Right. Incredible. Exactly. And, and, and you know, just that's, like us on the golf course. Yesterday. Just like us on the golf course. You guys on the golf course. The big yesterday. eagle on our last hole. Yeah, I know that. But you also have a plus four in your. And how old is that kid? Sixteen years old. Hitting it three forty off the tee. Now, was he going to play in college or is he going to go right to the? He's he's thinking about playing in college. He almost qualified for the U.S. Open this year. Right. Um, he's got a great mentality. So for that's golf. the guy that you played with yesterday yes. at Craig's Golf Tournament up there at Trump Briarcliff. The guy was hitting bombs all bombs. over the place. I was lucky. I had a great group. Fun group of guys. And by he, the way, you had five guys in your group. And, I only had four and his guys dad in my was riding in the cart with me, okay. coaching us. It was is great. That, now, is his dad kind of like his a coach? A little bit like his a mentor. His dad was a really great golfer, amateur golfer back right. in the day. So he's kind of mentoring his son, and he's doing a great job. Yeah, he, I'll tell you what, that kid could play. It's Boomer and Carton. Mornings from 6 to 10 on The Fan. I did want to ask you one thing, Wally, before we get to Jerry and his update. Um, Patrick Ewing. Gets the job, the head coaching job at his alma mater, you know, Georgetown. Yep. How do you think he's going to do there? I think he could do very well. I really do. I think Chris Mullen is doing well. I think get, watch this year. That team's going to be an exciting team. They have a lot of young talent. Um, Patrick has put in the work. No, he, he's that, coached under some great coaches. In my, in my, Steve Clifford is a heck of a coach. He's been an assistant. You learn from guys. You enact your system. I think he's going to be a good leader of men. He was a good leader of those Nick teams. They were very successful. He was not afraid to speak up and be a voice. He's got to surround himself with good. Every coach will tell you you're only as good as your as your staff. Right. He's got to put a good staff around him, especially in college basketball, to recruit and bring in players. But I, I think it's going to be successful. I like the hire, and I'm excited about is it. it. Is it? Uh, I would think it would be easier to coach in college. 
because the kids are going to listen to you. They're going to pay attention to you. And when you're a Hall of Fame basketball player, you're an All-American basketball player, yep. you come from that school, everybody knows who you are. I would think this is like a— this It's a home run. It should be. But you it's, got, a, it's all about recruiting in I, I know that. And I know that what, what's going on with Chris Mullen here at St. John's is mm-hmm. not easy. No. You know, it is not easy. And you got to be really, really careful because you don't want to make bad decisions— they're going to put the school in dire straits. And right. I'm not talking about on the basketball court. I'm right. talking about off the basketball court. And, you know, the willingness to win and to want to do things the right way is what is paramount to getting it done at these schools. Now, so Georgetown's got to be, a, I would think, an easier school to recruit to than, say, St. John's. I would think so. I've always thought St. John's for, you know, a local kid would be, I, I almost went there, would want to go. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, you play games at Madison Square Garden. Right. You know, who wouldn't want to play at the Garden? Um, but, yeah, Georgetown has great history, and, uh, you know, it would be nice to see both those um, schools and, 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 and both, both those, those guys programs well. back. Yes. Yeah, and you want to It would be see, good for the Big East. It would It'd be, be good great. for... And that's exactly what you want. All right, 733, Jerry, with an update. What do you got for us? All right, Boomer, brought to you by Bruni and Campisi Air Conditioning. Keep cool and visit BruniandCampisi.com. The story you guys have been talking about all morning, uh, the separation between the Knicks and Phil Jackson. Yeah, this is what what I'm hearing. Now, not official yet, but the Daily News says, their source says he was already fired uh, and shown the door. $24 million left on his deal. The one thing I'm confused at, maybe Wally can help on this, is looking at the early papers before this kind of broke in three, I guess two, three o'clock in the morning, there was a lot that Carmelo's people were going to the Knicks for a buyout. And now it looks like they're going to buy out Jackson instead. So is this a power struggle with Dolan? Which is really interesting because uh, Carmelo's people want to go get a buyout. Why? Because he knows now that he'll be able to go pick the team that he wants to go to, and those teams and collect two checks and collect two checks, but they, right. they wouldn't be it wouldn't be a huge check. It would be you right. know maybe it veterans be the thirty minimum. million. Yeah, it wouldn't be the thirty million that they would have to absorb right. if they uh, made a trade for him, and that's why everybody just assumes that he's going to Cleveland if the Knicks actually buy him out. Yeah, uh, well, uh, it, it, it hit, I would want to win if I was Carmelo Anthony at this point in his career. I would want to put a ring on my finger. And I guess Lala went on the Wendy Williams show, I guess that aired yesterday, and said uh, if he goes anywhere, it's got to be somewhere close because of his relationship with his son. But now that Jackson is, I guess, out, I guess he's not going to go anywhere. So we will see. Um, <laughs> other sports, because their Yankees and Mets did play last night and other games in baseball as well, while Jackson is the big story. Uh, I think John Sterling pretty much paints the picture here. Yankees and White Sox last night. Are all this Chapman unavailable? Here's Dylan Batances in the ninth. Batances obviously has lost the strike zone. He got a ground out the first batter, then two walks and a hit batsman. And now you have... Two of the best hitters the White Sox have, Melky Cabrera and then Jose Abreu. And it was Abreu that would ultimately get him. Bases loaded, two out, bottom of the ninth pitch. Hit on the ground, base hit, left field. One run scores. Here comes the second run. The throw home is not in time. Ball game over. White Sox win. John Sterling on the fan. French baguettes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> French baguettes all over the place, yes. Uh, Yankees give one away last night. They lose to the White Sox 4-3 in a game they absolutely should have won instead. They've now dropped 11 of 14. The relief pitching was simply just brutal. Uh, Domingo German came in, wasn't good. Clippard, okay, maybe a little better. And Batanzas wasn't good as they blow a great start from Luis Severino. Here was Joe Girardi. What was up with Batanzas on this night? Two walks and a hit batsman. You know, it's third day in a row. I don't know that. I mean, could that have something to do with it? But... You know, he hasn't been worked a lot, so we went for it. I mean, come on. <laughs> Why was uh, Domingo Germán in, in the eighth? You know, we like the power in his changeup. Um, and Clip has been struggling, and um, 
And then after he walked to two guys, I said, heck, I'm just going to go clip. You know? <laughs> That's great confidence. <laughs> we don't want him in, but all right, well, what the hell now? Uh, here was Severino. He was, as I said, spectacular. Seven innings. He struck out 12. Could he have kept pitching? Oh, yeah, of course. We're feeling good. You know, right? my, my arm was feeling very, very good. Yeah, well, felt good, but that didn't happen for him. Uh, Starlin Castro was placed on the DL with a hamstring injury, and Matt Holliday, I guess he could land there because he's still not feeling well enough to play, and they may send him back to New York. And- Did you hear this Matt Holliday story, uh, Wally? Uh, no? So Matt Holliday, basically, after breakfast, what was it, uh, about five days ago? Yeah, something like that. Right? Um, had some sort of allergic reaction to something, and they they can't figure it out, or they haven't decided to tell us exactly what it is. Well, they said he had a blood test yesterday, and it came back negative, so that's a good thing. But And he's just been really, I guess he's been feeling horrible and uh, can't get back in the lineup. It's just, I've never, you ever have a teammate have a, an allergic reaction to anything? The worst thing, worst thing we had was a, a MRSA attack in our Celtics locker room, right. and we had to fumigate the whole entire locker room, and luckily uh, everyone was okay, but we had to get on top of that. That's the worst thing. Maybe some kind of tick bite. I know tick bites are scary. Well, they carry some crazy stuff. The uh, the Yankee loss coupled with the Red Sox beating the Twins nine two puts Boston one game tick up bite. in the AL East. Yeah. Hey, well he's not you know uh, running around on the golf course like you are, <laughs> and I know you spend pretty much every day waking moment in the summer on the golf course. In not the a bad thing. In yeah, the fescue, in, in the, the grass, in the long grass. <laughs> Should have seen him yesterday, Jerry. I mean, first of all, he's got a, a locked and loaded team that he's the celebrity By the way, for. Not his fault. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the way Smart. that I, I we started in the same hole, so I got to watch this. Uh, you know, go around right. the and the fact that they had five guys in the team, my team only had four guys. Well, that's a problem. And right their fifth guy happened to be like a plus four, a sixteen-year-old that can hit the ball three hundred and forty yards. You should have recruited one wow. more guy. You're allowed to bring five guys. Well, why is a guy with a plus four handicap, if that's the word you want to use, why is he allowed? Right, exactly. He's a 16-year-old kid. He's got a plus-four handicap. So what? Professional. What's wrong with being good? Get him out. He's not a professional. He's an amateur. That's your boy Mitchell Edis up there, Mohegan's son, locking his team down. (laughs) I don't think that's exactly what he's doing, right? Mitchell is the man. Tournaments are for hack golfers. Mitchell plays an orange golf ball. He plays one of those uh, Volvic things. things, Yeah, It was awesome. I got to get me one. You know, that's Bubba Watson plays with those. I know. It's like a a a mile. mile. Did you guys win by a lot? It was two shots. Oh. They were 25 under. No, no, we were 16 under gross. Right, but you, you were 12 score, under gross. Yeah, but your your overall score with your handicaps, and I don't know where those handicaps came from. I don't know how you from. calculate handicaps in a scramble. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Works. I don't know how that worked either. But he, and you know, by the way, they gave you these uh, these iPad things or whatever it was. Yeah, like the V-PARs, the V-PAR scoring Right, deals. V-PAR scoring. So everybody had one. So, you know, obviously I'm doing it, so I know how to do He's it. He's keeping track. And I'm keeping track, and I'm watching I'm watching the whole Look thing. Look at that swing. Oh, you know, it stinks. Smooth. So I, Look at um, those pink pants. And I see. And I, what a up. good look. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I see uh, that we are winning pretty much the whole day. And then there's around, I don't know, two holes, three holes to go, and all of a sudden, here comes the Mohegan Sun team. Here comes this team. Here comes that team. Here comes the uh, so, Diageo team. Yep. Were they logging their scores late? Yes. It's, oh, it's like see. online. No, no. Yeah. It's as we go. We made a few eagles. Oh, okay. Because this kid hits the ball far. So we had par fives. We made right. a few eagles. 340 yes. yards. Yeah, he crushed it. Pink right. panties. Okay, those oh, two. Pink pants. Pink pants. Look out. Yeah, look out. Pink right. panties. I yeah, like okay. it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Good looking butt there. Uh, Mets lose to the Marlins 6 <laughs> to 3. God. Ichiro, the go ahead RBI single. I'm going to play it for you. Hopefully, they have it. If you didn't see it, you have to watch it because this is another issue with the Mets. And the 0 1. Swinging, it's hitting a left field, a base hit. Flores broke the wrong way on it. 
And it's now 4-3 Miami. Now there it looks like he's breaking to the ball. If they have the other uh, angle, you'll see he actually goes towards third base. Here's my question to you. With everything about a Struble Cabrera going to second base, why is he there? Like, why not have kept, and I don't want to hear about statistics and numbers and all that, right? Yeah, okay, yes. Why not keep Reyes where he's been fine at third base? Yes. He's been okay. Keep Cabrera at short, and while he may be a hack infielder, he's been good at second base. Yes. Why are we reconfiguring the yeah, whole I, infield? Yeah, I, I, well, they would know better than we would. All I can tell you is that Cabrera has been a disaster at shortstop. I, not a disaster. He's, he's Has he been great? I, and he's also played through how many injuries? Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, to, is to, to know that they would know better than we would whether or not he is not getting to balls that they expected him to get All to right, fair because enough. of those injuries. Fair enough. I'm more worried about losing the game that way than his play at shortstop. Now, didn't Cabrera had the finger, he had the the, the thumb issue, yeah, right? But yeah. he also, didn't he have a leg issue earlier as well? Earlier in the season, and he played through it. Right, Re- meaning that, you know, the last thing I want to do is put him at shortstop if his legs aren't 100%. I, I suppose. I, which I leads to errors. I guess. All I know is him at third base, he didn't know what he was doing. Right. I mean, that was, anyway, not that the Mets are relevant right now. They lost against 6-3, mm-hmm. and they lost Robert Gazelman. Uh, he was running, and he pulled a hamstring, it looks like. Uh, Ron Darling, I'll play this one more time. Uh, this was on SNY. This is after the Gazelman injury, talking about how today's modern-day trainers should take a step back with the older guys. Get them in a room and try to tap into some of their knowledge on how you train baseball players, not weightlifters, not six-pack wearers, baseball players. They're doing a disservice to their million-dollar athletes that they're paying. Back in the old days, it was a beer and cigarette and maybe some cocaine underneath the uh, the stands. <laughs> The old the 80s. Hot foots. Oh, listen, hot foots? Uh, uh, I Ronnie, do. Ronnie Darling was on some teams now. The, the Mets are legendary oh, for the crap that was going on around those teams. Yep. Yes. I, I don't know. Is Ronnie talking about that? He was not talking about the sexual encounters under yeah. the stands and Jesus. the hot foots and all yes. the other, the partying and the nightlife. No, he was not talking about any of that. Well, yeah, he had, but he had guys that just basically showed up and played and won and hit home runs and threw 16 strikeouts and things of that nature and – they had some of the best players in baseball. That's why they won. I, I love those kind of guys. I don't care what you do off the floor. Just bring it when you're on the court. Bring it when you're on the field. That's why you can never coach. Maybe. You think Bill Belichick is telling the, the New England Patriots guys, hey, guys, I don't really don't, don't worry about what you're doing. No, in it's fairness okay. to Mr. Belichick, did yeah. you see the photos that are all over the Internet now as he did a romantic photo shoot with his girlfriend? He did. Oh, he did. Nice. So he's got a little bit of a personality. Let's just say they are being uh, likened did to put and mocked. Snap face? face? Yes. I don't know what he put them on, <laughs> but the photos are out there. And, um, well, everybody thinks it's funny to liken that to a Cialis commercial. When the mood strikes. Oh, really? <laughs> He's walking down the, the block. Two bathtubs. So, <laughs> I mean, got the two Belichick in a so bathtub. He did this. <laughs> so he did this uh, willingly. Yeah, just Google it. They got pictures. He got that awkward smile. Really? His girlfriend's very pretty. They're walking down the block. He doesn't look like the head coach. And what's he doing? What's he and doing? People this? are captioning the pictures. And what was this I all about? No Herbal boner pills? <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what, what it was else? for. That is what people were making fun of it for. So oh, you should check great. it out. I'll I, I got to check it out. Well, just to see is... uh, Coach Belichick as a human being. That's nice. Yes, we forget that he is one. That so it goes true. back to my point, Wally. You could never coach if that's your mindset. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> hey, I don't care. I, I, I'm one of J.R. Smith's biggest fans. Guy brings it on the court. You saw him in the NBA Finals. Made threes in the biggest game. Was on fire. I agree. I agree. Really, uh, you think so? Yeah, no, I do agree. I'm trying to pull up the photos for you because you have okay. to see this. It's very funny. He actually did a video shoot, too, with his girlfriend as but part of this. what is it for? 
I don't know. I didn't read the whole thing. I couldn't get past the captions what's people next? were writing. The, the naked ESPN issue for those two? Or Did what's... you see Ezekiel Elliott? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> God. Does you, do you not look at that and say, not so good? Yeah, Wally, you're good looking enough. Have you ever been approached to do like a, a, a naked spread or something like that, like ESPN? Uh, back when I was playing, my agent uh, wanted me to do some stuff like that, but wasn't going to fly at the Zerbiak household. <laughs> <laughs> Needed to put that I mean, under wraps. Yeah, but you know, how about the guys? They uh, they also had Brett Burns, right, and okay. uh, Joe Fortin, uh, the guys from I the didn't San see Jose them Sharks. But the body okay. issue is pretty cool. Well, that's what I'm talking about. This is the body. Issue. I know. But, I was never approached, but, but I don't see guys, anything wrong with they that. Have these two guys look at each other with the long beards and everything. Ugh. Uh, one guy's got tats all over. I think it's Burns got tats all over, and I don't think Joe really has anybody. Nude horseplay. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, man, thank God they didn't ask me and Phil Sims what to do you- that for the investors' <laughs> bank commercials. What do you think of that? There's the there's the there's the photo. He's still not smiling. Oh, look at that. That's beautiful. She actually looks like she likes him. Well, I think she does like. Of course. Him. But look at him. Well, <laughs> he looks him. like a football but coach in that coach, one. That's Coach Belichick. Yes. That's who he is. They do have this. others, but take a look at this, Wally. Molly can barely walk. Yes. Nice, right? Isn't that nice? Yeah. By the beach, all good. Model S. Yeah, I don't know what 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 is this for? Is it for a magazine I, or something? I, I don't know. I'm really What's it's not headline? really the point. What's the headline? Uh, again, romantic photo shoot with girlfriends. Old skin is not as uh, elastic as younger skin. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, I, I will find out. I will get the details for you. All I know is funny all right sounds good thanks jerry 746 on the fan company from the investors bank studio i want to ask you a quick question about willie herman gomez yes so he makes the all rookie team mm-hmm. so now where where does he fit into all this uh, a great find by the Knicks front no, it's office a, it's a, it's a, a draft pick. Find, yes uh, let's give phil some credit there to find him when they found him to stash them the way they did and to have an all rookie performance like he did last year He's going to be a nice piece to build around. The key, the question is, can he coexist with Porzingis at the four and him at the five and Carmelo at the three? Might have to bring one of those guys off the bench just because defensively, when those three were on the floor, it wasn't good. Now you hear it the reports. Tough to stop teams. You hear the reports about um, Carmelo's people coming to the Garden for a buyout. Do you think Carmelo stays here? Or do you think uh, Jim Dolan just bites the bullet and says, you know, I'm going to get rid of all this? He's got to lean on. Steve Mills, you know, who's left as far as the experts go. Uh, obviously, maybe Dolan will have a little bit of input. Um, listen, you're at a crossroads. Are you going to bring back the same team you had last year and, you know, let Jeff Hornacek do it his way? Or are you going to go a complete rebuild like the Brooklyn Nets have done? Buy out Carmelo Anthony, start fresh, go young, build around Porzingis and Hernan Gomez and Nilakina. Um, I think these next couple of weeks are going to deter- show that. And you and you do think that uh, Hornacek will stay? I guess hard to so. say, right? You think would, he's got to stay? Right? I would think so. I, I can't. But Rambus has got to go. I would think so, definitely. So anybody that's I got... can't imagine bringing another coach in here. I think Jeff Hornacek has a track record of being a very good analytics-minded coach in the in the mindset of Steve Kerr, in the mindset of Mike D'Antoni, and that's where the NBA is. And that's how Jeff Hornacek wants to play. That's how Jeff Hornacek wants to coach. That's the type of personnel he wants. I would think you want him coaching this team. All right, so free agency starts when? Next week? Yep. Right? July 1st. This weekend. Saturday. Okay, so it starts now. Now you are the Knicks. You've just gotten rid of Phil Jackson. 
you're a player. You're out there. You're on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're interested in you know whoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's all these rumors. This is a great time of year for both the NHL and uh, the NFL. I, it's because, incredible the way the NBA can drum up interest in an off season. Well, say right the now. NFL has been doing it for years. Yeah. You know, and it used to be the hot stove with league the only with the right. Major League Baseball. That that was always the hot stove league. Right. That was the thing that everybody talked about in February and March. Mm-hmm. Uh, or actually, it was even after that. It was like uh, it was the like November, memes. yeah, and December and all that stuff before uh, spring training started. But now, all of a sudden, all these leagues are like this. Um, the biggest free agent move you think is going to happen? Is it Chris Paul? Chris Paul, okay, going where? Houston? Maybe. Yep, that's a possibility. If I'm Chris Paul, I want to go to Houston and play for Mike D'Antoni, but I don't know how that would work with James Harden. That's an interesting mix. You know, there's only one basketball, and James Harden almost averaged a triple-double, so now you put the ball in Chris, in Chris Paul's wouldn't you, but wouldn't you go? Wouldn't you go to James Harden and say, look, we're, we're thinking about Chris Paul, what do you think? Yeah, Chris Paul gets you better defensively. But if, if see, you're asking the wrong guy. If I was a player, I would want to come play in New York. Oh yeah, I okay. always wanted. But to even come play uh, in New even York. given uh, no, it what doesn't you know matter now. the dysfunction. I right would now. I would have wanted to play in front of the Garden. It's the most. It's the best place to play. Most players will tell you that when they come play against New York, it's the highlight of their. Well, schedule. they they always give. I always they say this. It. I always say this about the Rangers. They always get the opposing teams. Yes. Best effort yep. because it is the garden, it is yep. Broadway, it's the big lights and brights, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lights, it's a beautiful lights building. and everything. Yeah, it's a beautiful building. When you're a player, you want to play in a beautiful building. It's got great sight lines for shooters. It's There's it, been epic performances in it. So I would hope that players would want to come play. Hmm. Interesting. Agents. And meanwhile, Carmel is trying to get bought out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 